You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for Wednesday, January 17th. 2024 episode 104 of the show uh thank you for joining me today uh it's just gonna be me uh solo episode today but uh there is some uh fun interesting topics that i want to uh touch on and record so it's available for listening uh, enjoyment for the listeners i'm gonna be discussing the book i read last year and actually just recently just finished i mean it took me a, a while to read this book it's uh the ins and out of in and out written by uh, Lindsay Snyder, the granddaughter of the founder and the current CEO of In-N-Out. So it's a really interesting book. I thought it was really fun. I want to talk about some of my favorite aspects of the book. If you love In-N-Out restaurants, In-N-Out food, I mean, you'll, I think you'll enjoy this episode quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to share some interesting facts about the book. Uh, before that, I'm going to talk about some recent entertainment news that's been on my mind the past week or so. Uh, so that's going to be really fun as well. So again, the main focus of this episode will be the book, the ins and out of in and out, but I'll also be talking on some entertainment news that I find interesting. And I think a, a good number of my listeners will as well. So stay tuned. I will be back shortly from a quick break to talk about late breaking entertainment news here on the casting for fun podcast. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, I want to go ahead and share an audio clip of a new song from one of my favorite bands, the Black Keys. They recently released their the first single from their 12th studio album. The new album is entitled Ohio Players, and it's due out April 5th. Here's an audio clip of the debut single from that particular album. It's called Beautiful People Stay High. some new music from the black keys beautiful people stay high i love that single the, the black keys they they deliver every time i think they're incredible amazing rock band back in 2019 their album that came out that year entitled let's rock was my favorite of the year uh after that in 2022 i believe yeah two years ago they released uh the dropout boogie which was great as well uh not quite one of my favorite black key albums but I thought it was really, really good. Anyways, I'm really excited for this next album. Uh, I've heard and read online that Noel Gallagher of Oasis and Beck are going to be collaborating on songs on this particular record. So it's going to be really 
uh, exciting, really cool to hear this album when it actually does launch or release in April. I plan to do a track by track release of a uh, review of that album as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that's going to be really, really fun. So I hope you enjoyed that little excerpt of the song. Beautiful people stay high from the black keys. Uh, next up the war of the Rohirrim, a Lord of the Rings anime movie. Uh, this is really interesting. So uh, last year, I recorded the, the 20th anniversary podcast with my good friend, Eddie, uh, about Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And I had asked him about what you think of the future of the franchise for Lord of the Rings. And apparently, n- neither myself nor Eddie knew that this anime movie was on the pipeline, that it was actually about to be released. So, Eddie, if you did know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and share the news with me. Uh, but uh, War of the Rohirrim, it's really, well, as soon as I heard about it, it was actually just about a week ago. Uh, apparently, this has been in the works for quite a while because, you know, animated movies tend to be in long productions. Uh, it's scheduled to release December 13th, 2024. Uh, but I know when I say Lord of the Rings, new projects, I can kind of like get some like sideways looks from certain members of the fan base, depending on how you view the uh, Amazon Prime's the, the Rings of Power. Uh, for, for those who didn't particularly like that show, I think you're actually going to enjoy this anime. Well, first of all, it's an anime, an action anime uh, directed by, I hope I get his name right, Kenji Kamiyama. Uh, apparently who did Akira and Ghost in the Shell. I'm not an anime expert myself, so I don't really know his work. I've been told those two movies are really good. So he's directing. Uh, It's going to be a feature um, uh, feedback and collaboration from Philippa Boyens, who was a screenwriter for the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. So Peter Jackson isn't involved. Neither is Fran Walsh's partner, but Philippa Boyens is. So that's really cool. Richard Taylor, who also did... uh, uh, special effects uh, for Weta, Weta Digital for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He's on board again. Uh, so again, a lot of the same people that helped make the first trilogy really successful and really great are involved in this project. So that's actually really exciting for me. And we're also going to be getting uh, uh, Miranda Otto, who played Erwin, uh, Shield Maiden of Rohan, returning to voice uh, her character of Erwin uh, to narrate the movie. So War of the Rohirrim is actually going to be taking place before the events of Lord of the Rings. It's uh, about uh, a notable king from Rohan named Helm Hammerhead. This is uh, from the appendices of Lord of the Rings, so information or stories written by Tolkien. Uh, apparently, the Fortress of Helm's Deep is named after him. So I guess it's going to be explaining his history of how... Uh, he won a great battle, how the, the Fortress of Helm's Deep was named after him, uh, recounted by Miranda Otto playing her character of Eowyn, who obviously would know Rohan history very well. Uh, and again, it's going to be an anime form. Uh, everything about this movie sounds really, really exciting and cool to me. But I want to go ahead and get another insider's in, uh, take on this particular project. So I'm going to be using audio clip because uh, again, I can kind of get away of using audio clips, for, <laughs> but I'm going to be using this one from a YouTube channel called Real Revolution. I do want to give props and acknowledgement to those who I borrow clips from. So this is from the YouTube channel Real Revolution, talking about the project of War of the Rohirrim, the Lord of the Rings animated movie scheduled for release in December of this year, 2024. Speaking of casting choices, the ones set for Rohirrim are exciting. Philippa Boyens, the mastermind behind the script and an integral part of the original Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies, expressed her awe and admiration for the creative talent that has come together for this film. The one and only Brian Cox, with his powerful voice, will grace us with his portrayal of King Helm Hammerhand. And trust me, this Scottish thespian is a force to be reckoned with. Joining him is the talented Luke Pasqualino, known for his role in Skins as the writer 
rival leader Wolf. We also have the fantastic Sean Dooley, lending his voice to Wolf's father, Freka. Gaia Wise steps into the shoes of Hera, Helm's courageous daughter, and the amazing Miranda Otto reprises her role as A. Owen, a descendant of Helm and our narrator for the film. Talk about an incredible lineup. Behind the scenes, we have the brilliant anime director Kenji Kamiyama is at the helm, pun intended. With his impressive background in classics like Ghost in the Shell and Akira, we're in for a visual treat. The screenplay is brought to life by the talented duo of Phoebe Gittens and Artie Papagiorgio, based on a story by Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews. The film is being produced by Joseph Chu, with an all-star team of executive producers including Carolyn Blackwood, Philippa Boyens, Richard Brinner, Jason DeMarco, and Sam Register. They're working tirelessly to bring us the ultimate Rohirrim adventure. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for this, this uh, movie, uh, especially after hearing about the, the development process it's been going through. Uh, anime movies, again, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm not a huge, huge fan. But from what I can tell, it's going to look really, really cool and great. And the, the talent that's involved, I think, will make a lot of fans happy. So for those who, who don't particularly care for the Rings of Power, I get it. I understand. But I, I think... Uh, uh, this should be a Lord of the Rings project that you would be excited about if you're a huge fan of the, the original trilogy from Peter Jackson. Even though Peter Jackson himself isn't going to be involved, it seems like a lot of his people are. So I think for that reason alone, I think this should be really, really exciting for Lord of the Rings fans to get behind. Uh, last but not least, a little bit of Star Wars news that I wanted to share. Just launched last or was announced this past week. Uh, Mando and Grogu are going to be starring in their own movie together, The Mandalorian and Grogu, directed by John Favreau, produced by Favreau and Dave Filoni, and some other Lucasfilm executive who we don't have to mention because <laughs> we don't want to scare people away. Because I mean, this should be a really awesome, cool movie. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, I, John Favreau's done incredible, great work with the Iron Man movies and other movies he's done as well. Uh, true the movie adaptation of cowboys and aliens wasn't super great well, i mean i thought the movie was decent but i wasn't really familiar with that comic book so i don't know if i would have been the best judge on that particular movie but for the most part i think john favreau's work has been excellent uh and with dave filoni involved as well i think this is actually going to be really cool and exciting uh according to reports production is supposed to begin this year in 2024 but again when it comes to star wars projects i think sometimes we kind of like we've discussed it before in the podcast with nick you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt to see when cameras actually start rolling then i think i actually believe yes this is happening um, but regardless, though, I'm, I'm excited for the news. I hope this movie does come to fruition. And with those involved, I think it's actually going to be really cool and exciting. So stay tuned for that. Mandalorian and Grogu, uh, no word as to when it actually would be released. If production for this movie were to begin this year, I would imagine the soonest we'll probably see it is 2026. But uh, we'll have to just wait and see. Okay, so that's it for entertainment news for now. Uh, really excited for the Black Keys new album. Really excited for the War of the Rohirrim. And I'm excited for the Mandalorian and Grogu. I think it's gonna all, all three are going to be really entertaining and great if and when they eventually come out. <laughs> so I'm going to take a quick break now. And then when I return, I'm going to be discussing the book, The Ins and Out of In-N-Out. So stay tuned for that.
Welcome back, everybody, to the show. Uh, for this last segment, I'm going to be discussing the book, The Ins and Out of in and out which was released last year, uh, written by Lindsay Snyder, uh, the current CEO of the company. You know, book reading has become a, a recent hobby of mine. You know, from our early ages, we're taught to read or you know, we're instructed and taught the importance of reading as kids. I think sometimes we may pick up pick it up as an adult, sometimes not. I've really recently gone back into it. I think reading is pretty cool particularly on subjects that interest me. And of course, in and out is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> so for, for those who are avid readers, and if you have books that you recommend uh, reading, I actually would love to kind of incor- incorporate a, a book club into the podcast. In fact, uh, later this year, I haven't decided when yet, but Allison and I are going to be reading the, the Matthew Perry uh, autobiography. So that should be really exciting and fun. And then we'll sit down and actually record about it. I think it'd be fun to get into doing a book club and recording it for the podcast. And so people can discover new books. If you want to get into the hobby of reading, I think it's actually pretty fun. So that's a great way of jumping in. Uh, I think being introduced to a book through podcast form and then reading it for yourself. So for those who haven't read the, the in and out book by Lindsay Snyder, I think Well, I hope that when you listen to this podcast, you feel compelled to want to read it because I think it's really cool. It's really entertaining and fun. So what I want to do is go ahead and share 10 10 interesting facts from the book that I I learned, which I thought would be really worth discussing and diving into in podcast form. So number one, uh, the book is written by Lindsay Snyder, who's the granddaughter of the founders, Harry and uh, Esther Snyder. And the current CEO at age 41. It's really cool to think that at her young age, she's running the whole company. Um, Obviously, she's got people helping her and stuff like that nature. But that is still a really cool concept to think of. I mean, she's a few years younger than Allison and I. Um, Obviously, I haven't achieved the same levels of success in the business world. But I'm, I'm, I'm a few short months away from earning my MBM. Uh, so earning a master's degree in business. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> Will I be uh, a CEO of a major company? Probably not, but it's it's still really cool. I think to, to see her success in life and to see the, the company of in and out flourish as it is. Uh, next, number two, Tom Evans is the first associate of in and out So it was interesting to learn that uh, within the in and out organization, certain words are used instead of other words, like instead of using uh, a worker or employee, they prefer using the word associate. Tom Evans was the very first associate of in and out and he includes a special note in the book talking about his experience working for the company. Uh, and he was hired in the late 40s after World War II. He's currently 96 years old and still alive, which is really cool. Or as is my understanding, if he has passed away at the time of this recording, I apologize for not knowing that. I tried Google searching his name, Tom Evans. Some other Tom Evans comes up, not the in and out Tom Evans. But it's still really cool to read his take and his account of working for the company in its early days. So I think it's worth to read this book just for that uh, account. Uh, Next, number three, Harry Snyder, the the founder of the company, enlisted in the Army in 1942. Uh, He was never deployed overseas, though, because he had problems with his eardrums, so he wasn't physically fit to to serve. But he did get to serve here stateside for the U.S. Army, which is really cool. Uh, After the war ended, he envisioned the idea of having like fast quality meals for people on the go. And it just seemed the ideal perfect time to set it up in the California area because lots of people were migrating to California after the war for the sunshine, the good weather, job opportunities, things of that nature. So business was booming for the country back in the, the late 40s after the war ended. 
Next, uh, number four, uh, in and out is actually the innovators of drive-through speakers uh, first used by the company, which is really cool. And you would you can't imagine fast food today without having the two-way drive-through speakers. I mean, it's just a staple of every uh, fast food restaurant. So everybody would have a... Uh, uh, them in and out to think uh, as far as like uh, the, the development and implementing of uh, drive through speakers for their particular companies. Next, number six, the origin of the cross uh, palm trees. If you've ever noticed that in and out locations, the vast majority of them have trees that are crossed, uh, forming a cross and on their locations, it became like a, a symbol of, of the, the company. I think a large part because palm trees are very closely associated with the West Coast, particularly California. And I, I had heard before reading this book that the crossing of the trees was kind of supposed to symbolize like uh, the cross of Jesus Christ, because, again, the the family of the, the founders, so the Snyder family, are very strong, devout Christians. Uh, but it's interesting to note from reading this book that the concept of the cross trees is actually uh, envisioned by by Harry Snyder because he was a huge fan of the movie. Uh, it's a mad, mad, mad world where the contestants were competing in this contest to try and find buried treasure that was supposed to be buried under palm trees planted to look like a W. Uh, this, of course, is uh, parodied and spoofed by The Simpsons in one of the early uh, seasons of the show. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see that, yeah, because as uh, the founder, you know, got the head honcho, he can kind of like incorporate things that he likes into his business. So it was kind of cool to hear that the origin of the cross palm trees comes from that particular movie. And almost every location has it. I mean, once once I heard that these locations had it, I started looking around as I go through drive throughs and I'll notice them. Sure enough, they do have cross palm trees. Some of them don't, though. Uh, the location I grew up going to in Temple City, uh, I think because the the land is so small that they don't really have enough room to set up palm trees but yeah the location on lower azusa uh for those who are residents of temple city you probably know exactly what i'm talking about and can confirm whether or not they do have cross palm trees there but i don't remember ever seeing them there at that location uh next oh i skipped over a fact i'm sorry uh before i get to the palm trees i wanted to bring up uh store number five so fact number five uh store number five of in and out is at 2114 East Foothill Boulevard in Pasadena. And it's interesting to note that this is the oldest store that's still in operation and has been since 1952. This particular store is meaningful to me because it's actually just down the street from Space Bank Mini Storage, where I've been employed for many, many years. So I know this location very well. I know the area well. Uh, this particular location is always really, really busy with drive through In fact, uh, I've only actually fought through the line, maybe like two or three times in all the many years I've worked at Space Bank to try and get some lunch there because the lines are always so long. <laughs> I think all the rep, the locals, they know like you got to park all the way over to the right side of the street and you're going to be, you know, maybe a good couple blocks away from the store location. So it's not the most ideal best location, but it is kind of interesting to note for the history of the company that it is the oldest that's still in operation that East Pasadena, uh, East uh, Foothill Boulevard in East Pasadena location that's operating right now. Okay, uh, next, store number 17 in Santa Ana was opened in 1975, and it's actually the first to have a basement. And this was due to a city ordinance that was prohibiting food 
from being transported across open space. So those who are you know preparing the food and everything like that, they can do it in the basement below. Just go up the stairs and take it right up to the kitchen area. So that's kind of cool. I've never been to the Santa Ana location myself, but it would be kind of cool to check that out. Uh, spread recipe is confidential and is... Uh, I mean, so you can't find the recipe for it if you wanted to try and make it yourself. And the word spread is used to differentiate it from uh, sauce or dressing. So again, that's another example of like certain words being used in the operations of In-N-Out because they prefer it as opposed to using you know, sauce or dressing to call their, their spread. Uh, number nine, which is the four nevers of customer service. This one is very interesting. No, in and out just like Chick-fil-A, is known and has the reputation of just having exceptional customer service, like top-notch, that the, the customer's service you experience is always great, that employees or, I guess, associates, as they're called, are very nice and friendly. And it was interesting to learn from the book that uh, Lindsay's uncle, Rich, who kind of took over after Harry Snyder passed away, uh, he, he developed the four nevers. And the four nevers are first to never give excuses, never argue with the customer, never put the customer on defense, and never make a big deal of a complaint. So it's interesting to learn that the employees of In-N-Out who get really extensive, great training on how they should operate within the company uh, are taught those four things for customer service representatives. So it, it gives uh, an indication as to why their customer service is so great and why it's so important to the brand to have such great customer service. So for those who have gone to In-N-Out, you could probably attest that, yes, it's it's a good experience going there. It is just unfortunate that it is long lines and not quite as In-N-Out as they would like, but that's just due to just how popular and great the, the franchise is. Okay, so last but not least, number 10, the secret menu is included in the book, but of course, the secret menu isn't really a secret anymore. I mean, most people are well aware of the the items that you can purchase from their very simple basic menu that that aren't on the menu uh for instance uh my wife allison she loves uh chopped chilies on her burger so they take banana peppers you can chop them up and have them requested for your burger that's a a staple that she likes for her meals i tend to go very simple and basic i usually get my regular uh double double with no onion no tomato um coke or root beer and fries so I'm, I'm very basic and simple with my taste, but some people like to venture off and do the secret menu stuff. If you do, please let me know. I'd love to hear what secret menu options you really, really enjoy at in and out uh, And I also read or just found out from the book, I didn't know this before, but apparently root beer floats are served at in and out which is really cool too. So I'm gonna have to try that one of these days. Just try a root beer float. I think that'd be really, really cool and fun. So in and outs just been a huge part of Southern California living. If you've lived and grown up here in this area, uh, chances are you've tried it at least once. I do acknowledge and recognize that not everybody loves it, but I think the most people do. <laughs> and it's great to see the it, it's, it's been able to expand locations to other states here on the West Coast area and not lose its quality. Uh, in fact, I remember reading last late last year, a, a new location opened up in Idaho in freezing cold temperatures, but the lines were still eight hours long just to get through and order your food because of how much people really love In-N-Out. So it's, it's great to see it at other locations. I've had to have it in, Las, in Nevada and Las Vegas and uh, Arizona visiting my parents um, and also in Utah as well. And I can attest that all of these locations outside of California have still maintained the same excellent quality that people know in and out for. So yeah, I highly recommend the book, uh, The Ins and Out of In-N-Out. It was my second favorite book of the year. I would still pick uh, 
uh, A Damn Near Perfect Game by Joel Kelly as my favorite book for 2023. But I mean, I, I thought it was a really excellent read. So for those who've been listening to this podcast, I hope you enjoy uh, listening to what I had to say. And if you decide to pick it up and read it, let me know what you think. And then let me know what you think about in and out in general. I know this is a topic that I probably could have invited lots of people on to talk about in and out to see what they think, what their experiences have been. So I probably will go back sometime in the future and revisit in and out as a talking point on the podcast. But for now, because I didn't really have anything lined up for this week, I wanted to go ahead and just share my thoughts on the book. So yeah, that's it for today. It's a short episode, but next week I'll be returning with a good friend, excuse me, Nathan Cross to talk about Allison Chains' album, Jar of Flies. And the week after that, David Spench will be joining me to talk about the Incubus album, A Crow Left of the Murder. So thank you again for the, the support for uh, all my listeners and friends. Thank you for listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. And uh, please enjoy some in and out today. 